Let them hate me, so long as they fear me. Caligula. Violent Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violin Vice. I'm John John. And I'm Audie. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. We really appreciate it. And give us five stars so more people can hear us and do things. Also, leave a review as we have a contest going on. And we'd appreciate it. If you guys hit subscribe, leave us five stars and leave a comment. You guys get entered to win free Violent Vice merch. That includes first prize is a sweatshirt with our logo, and second prize is a Tumblr type mug with our design on it. I have to say, the sweatshirt is really warm, really comfy, and it feels good on my arm hair. <laughs> Jenjin got the first mark for his birthday, and he loves it. I'm the guinea pig. Yes. <laughs> Yay. So, yeah. So today, Adi, I am in charge. So, Adi, are you ready? I am ready, but I don't know what for. Well, as the quote was before, we are going to talk about the mad emperor of Rome, Caligula. Caligula. Which... I vaguely remember him. Well, you should vaguely remember more because he is an absolute mad lad and possibly the closest thing that ancient history had to somebody that was like Stalin during like post-World War II Stalin kind of doing a lot of weird crazy stuff but also really abusing his power in as many ways as possible because he's a young guy with a lot of power and a lot of problems. But yeah. Nice. Random question. Was he the emperor that like had Rome burned down as like he was listening to someone play the fiddle or am I just remembering somebody? Different emperor. Different might emperor. Have been, might Neo? have been Nero. Nero? I think it might have been Nero, but Okay. I don't know. We can go back to him on a different time cuz he's also a mad lad, but not quite as mad as Caligula. Alright, then I don't remember anything about Caligula, so enlighten me, please. <laughs> well, first off, he is the third emperor of Rome, so kind of during the early stages of the Roman Empire. But still, kind of a big deal. Yeah, sounds like it. So, kind of getting a backstory going on. For the first part is... Caligula is not his actual name, per se. It is more of a nickname given to him. Where you first grew up, which was kind of out in the field, very far from Rome itself, in a place called Rhine, which is in that Gaul, Germanic-type area away from Rome. 
and his real name is Gaius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. A Caesar. Well, he his family is kind of interconnected with a lot of the other like high-ranking officials throughout Rome. So like if you pictured like the Rockefellers, the Kennedys, the Bushes, the Clintons and even the Kardashians, if they all were one family, that would be the Germanicus family in old Rome. So yeah, it was his family is a bit of a big deal. Closest thing to like aristocracy royalty and stuff like Downton Abbey having castles almost everywhere. Nice. Yeah. So he uh he was not exactly in line to be emperor either. He was with his father out in Rhine and essentially he got his name Caligula which means little boot or soldier's boot because he would often dress in like the small boys version of the Roman uniforms and essentially help boost the morale for the troops there because he'd be sort of like a mascot and they all just liked him a lot because of that he was he was a very pleasing young boy but he also had a uh what six total siblings overall was he the oldest no definitely not i think he was the youngest of all of them uh, he had two two brothers three sisters so six kids in total of that family now sort of a reason why things got kind of weird politically is the first emperor of rome julius caesar had to come up with like an heir for his empire because he lost both of his sons during his rule and the next best person would be Tiberius who was a bit of a war hero but very disliked and very hated amongst most senators and Roman people overall but he was the only choice he had so what Julius Caesar did was essentially made Tiberius adopt Caligula's dad into their family in a weird kind of way. So, not by blood, Caligula was now Tiberius's grandson. So when Julius died, Tiberius took over, and he was a tyrant and kind of neglected a lot of his duties. Didn't Tiberius kill Caesar? I think he was involved in the planning, but he wasn't present in that sort of whole setup. Okay. Because he was also like a general who was out fighting wars while Caesar was killed in Rome. Got it. So, for the most part, Caligula had a decent young life essentially until he was 19 and a lot of things happened with his family there mostly under Tiberius's orders uh, his two older brothers were in prison one of which 
had committed suicide and the other one died pretty shortly afterwards. Um, his sisters were forced to stay with their mother, who was essentially exiled from Rome. And Caligula was forced to join Tiberius at his villa in Capri, which I'm pretty sure is where the name Capri's son comes from. I am not 100% on that, but it's spelled the same. That's funny. Yeah. But as a tyrant type person who was neglecting his governmental duties, he essentially moved into a villa that was host to many different parties and orgies and whatnot, most of which were involved with many prostitutes, young boys, and essentially a lot of promiscuous people overall. And usually ended with some people getting thrown off of the cliff on purpose after the orgies were done. Why? You know, that is a great question. Mostly, I think it was due to a lot of, like, sadistic tendencies of these people. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So... Caligula was made to partake in these orgies and whatnot, and even made to, well, encouraged to have his own orgies and torturous-type tendencies and events and whatnot. Essentially, Caligula was sort of, I wouldn't say warming up, but pretending to be warming up to Tiberius in this way enough to gain Tiberius's trust and even his admiration because uh yeah he did a lot of these things and at 19 to about uh 24 he was partaking in a lot of these different Orgies, dinners, tortures, executions that were very public. All these things just to please his adopted grandpa. So he had a, a, I wouldn't say childhood, but a young adulthood that was troubling. Very troubling. Yeah. But as most emperors go, something bad happens. Um, essentially, Tiberius was declared to have died in his sleep as of 37 AD, which might be the case. Could have been Caligula suffocating him with a pillow so there would be no evidence type thing. There's a lot of debate on whether or not that part is true, but it's, it would make sense. Because there are rumors that Caligula would stand over Tiberius's bed while he slept with a knife on several occasions. So that was, yeah, yeah, he, there's a good chance that he did something with that. Sounds like it. Sounds like he, he wanted to for a while if those were rumors. Yeah. No, the thing is. Tiberius had a grandson who was by blood to him. 
but he wanted both his actual grandson and Caligula to inherit the M- imperial position as like a dual heir type thing. But during his close time with Tiberius, Caligula got in pretty good with the royal guard and essentially a lot of the inner workings of the political structure around him. And pretty shortly after Tiberius's death, he had his essentially rival heir put into prison. So there was nobody to take the throne except for him. Yeah. So he pleased his grandpa, secured his title, and killed him. Kind of rough. I, I would say, for the time, rougher than most, but not the roughest thing in the world to have happened. Now, with Tiberius being both a tyrant and neglecting his governmental duties, and with this new emperor coming to take his place, without this history of torture and cruelty on the battlefield, Rome was pretty excited about getting a replacement for Tiberius. And he was very well received right away. He was actually fixing many problems that the government was kind of lacking on. A lot of confiscated property was returned to their rightful owners. Aqueducts were getting fixed. A lot of different type of tax reductions to the populace at large was given out, so people weren't paying as much for taxes. A lot of new events like the Colosseum was reopened and more events were there, more circus-type performances were made, and Rome was starting to prosper a lot in that first year. And suddenly, Caligula went ill. Like, pretty bad, where a lot of people were concerned, and even senators were making prayers and sacrifices to the Roman gods such as Jupiter, to take the senator's life in place of his so that he may live. A lot of people were worried that this wonderful person was going to be taken long before he could do more good in the world. And little did they know, right? You know, sort of. And eventually, Caligula did kind of recover from this, which, thinking about all the orgies and other things he did, it might have been some venereal disease that was going around. Like, syphilis would make a lot of sense. He might have just had a stroke as well. Because when he came back, he was he was a very changed man than what was presented to them before the sickness. Um, He even went to confront the senators that offered their lives in exchange that he may live and asked them if if they did say that they would rather have their lives taken so he may live. And he wanted to ask when would they die in his place. 
sort of creepy power move type thing. And he had all of these senators that had offered this to the gods, gathered them together, and then forced them to commit suicide because they were supposed to be men of their words. And they said they would offer their life in exchange for him surviving, so he made them kill themselves. And thus began the dark road that he was to travel upon. Yeah. Oof. Big oof. Just like all these people were wanting you to be okay, and were offering all these different things, and now you are okay, and you're going to go and do that. That's... That's That's, bad. Yeah. And, like, these are the people that cared about you, too. Yeah. It was was a weird time. So, he came back, this dark persona of what he once was, and he began to dress very unusual for what most emperors had done, even any politicians. Usually in some outlandish clothes, like a lot of Germanic-type things. He even dressed in women's clothes a lot. And it appeared that he suffered from these strong headaches pretty consistently as well, which makes me think there was some sort of disease going on still. Or maybe he had a brain tumor or something. Right? It could be that. It's just there's nothing we can do to ensure that at the moment so after having all of that done people were getting kind of skeptical and worried that he might order something similar to them and upon traveling throughout rome he would often make these senators do humiliating tasks most of which were like running alongside his carriage as he went along his day because he wasn't, they weren't allowed inside the carriage, and he wanted to see them suffer. And if they refused to, then they would have to suffer some other sort of humiliating task. It's, it's like he kind of wanted to make feel, uh, make people feel less than him, type situation. And he started to have these dinner parties with all of these senators to humiliate them even more. He would essentially pick out one of the senators' wives that he found most pleasing to him, take them to a back room and force himself upon them, and then return back to the dinner, forcing her to act as everything is normal under threat of death. So everybody kind of knew what was going on but couldn't say anything or else they would possibly be killed. That's just cruel. Yeah, it is. It'll be a common theme soon. Um, one of the other kind of similar things he would do is he would often take a fiancé of a political figure and marry them before this person could essentially marry and consummate and do all these things for himself. And he would only be married to them for a very, very short time, some as short as even a single day before he would divorce them and then 
forbid them from marrying their previous fiance. So kind of like seeing somebody else has something like if you see another kid on the playground with a piece of candy, you take their candy, take a bite and then throw it in the sand so they can't have it type thing. So he was very devious and cruel in many different ways. And he ended up eventually marrying his youngest of sisters, who might have been the only pe person that he ever actually loved. So much so that even though the marriage was very short because she fell ill and died, he had declared her a goddess in the eyes of the Roman pantheon. I'm was... starting to remember now. Yeah, this guy's crazy. Yep. So, a lot of rumors were that he was enamored with his youngest sister long before he even became emperor. But that pretty much sealed it, that he married her and, well, made her a being that is to be worshipped. Now, he would also find a lot of glee in both sort of real cruelty that he would force upon people and even the hypothetical cruelties that he could do. He would often be in these gatherings of people and just out of nowhere start laughing. And most people were confused because nothing really funny was said and you would often tell them it's just like I could just say the word and all your throats would be cut and you just keep laughing because it was true he could just say that and suddenly everyone there would be dead so many people were starting to question well I wouldn't even say starting to question were really questioning their faith that they put in this person who was becoming quite the cruel, cruel person overall. Like, what would you even do in that situation? I don't know. I just feel like it's like a lose-lose, or, I mean, you would start a coup, but that would be about it. Well, you're kind of right on that second point, because he was only emperor from... 37 A.D. to 41 A.D., so it wasn't very long. Less than four years. Barely. But, uh, even in all this, cruelty to people was a commonality to him, but government-wise, he was improving Rome as a whole. Like, many things that were needed to improve the quality of life were still getting done, and he was a smart guy, but very cruel, mean, and deviant at the same time. Um, one of his most documented weird decrees type things is he had heard about this prophecy about him and the likelihood of him being an emperor, and it was in this prophecy, it was said that it was as likely as him riding his horse across the Bowley River 
which is a pretty long river, about two to three miles wide. So riding a horse across that wouldn't exactly be possible. But since he was emperor, he then took a lot of these warring ships back to the Roman Empire and had them all connected all the way across this river. So to spite this prophecy, he was able to ride his horse across the decks of all these ships and just kind of laugh in the face of fate to him. So basically a bridge out of boats. Yep. And all these boats were called back from the conquering of different lands. So a lot of boats were out of commission and the army was, well, the Navy was a lot weaker because of this order for him to walk across a river on his horse, which he did for several days. And that's sort of, that's a, that's a waste of resources. That's, granted, one of the nicer of things he decreed, but still, not the best. So he also reinstated this process when Roman funds were a lot lower. I know he did all these tax cuts to everybody, but... Now that he kind of sealed that he was for sure the emperor and people didn't need to like him anymore, he instated, instated something called the treason trials, where he would search people and decide whether or not they were treasonous to his rule or not. So they he would have the guard go and grab just random people off the street possess all of what they had owned, adding it to the funds of the state, and would put them on trial for treason. And even in the best-case scenarios, they would end up being exiled. And that would be the best case. Otherwise, they were put to death by torture which is a hard concept to kind of grasp around. So they were put to death over several days, all the while their families would be watching and were forced to cheer when Caligula did and essentially not be able to mourn the loss of this person under penalty of getting killed themselves. So, so very, very, very cruel. Oh, yes. You would take these essentially innocent people, put them in a mock trial, take all their things, and force their families to watch them die slowly and painfully. And they had to cheer in his face while he was getting killed. Otherwise, they would get killed as well. So this... This was sort of like the last straw for the people. The Senate was already very much against him by this point, but the people now, they, they, they weren't on board with Team Caligula anymore. So, on the second anniversary of him recovering from his sickness, he decided to do what most emperors do and go conquer more land for Rome. 
And in doing so, he decided to try and take Britannia, which has been yet unclaimed, being across the sea. And he didn't exactly do that. Um, he would often travel there and attack Gaul armies and sort of clearing a way to uh, the English Channel. So his ships could possibly go across, but he's backed out before he ever crossed it, claiming a bunch of seashells as sort of spoils for war. Somehow thinking that he claimed this land so well that even nature itself was bringing tithes to him. And he ended up returning, thinking that was adequate spoils of war. So all these soldiers now have many seashells. And about this point, he was a little more crazy than he was before. I'm sure his army say. was pissed. I would say so, for sure. But he would... He still was claiming that it was a victorious conquering. And when he returned, he even declared himself as a god because of all the successes that he brought to Rome. And I think possibly because he was related to a goddess as well. Because families are all in the same bloodline. If one's a god, then the rest are. And he made his sister a god first. Yeah. So, not the most of clear-headed people in the world. But when he returned during one of these gaming events, the Palatine Games, a coalition of senators, soldiers, and citizens that can only be described as like an anti-Caligula faction were gathering outside of these games that Caligula was attending, where they waited for him to exit, surrounded him, and did the classic assassination of all Caesars, and stabbed him a bunch of times, completely to death. And before any sort of alarms were raised about the death of the emperor, the same force went to his own home and killed both his then wife and his daughter who he had fully named after his sister so there could be no heir or line to the throne with that and essentially from then on all of rome did everything they could to remove any sort of mark of caligula on the roman empire so any Thing with his name on it, any sort of documentation that he saw fit to decree and whatnot, they did what they could to remove it. And he became essentially the poster child for bad emperor, where Tiberius wasn't even nearly as bad. Doesn't sound like it. I feel bad for his daughter and wife, though. I wouldn't feel bad for his wife. Because she was about as apathetic about torture and more involved in the pleasure side of everything he did. Very much partaking in a lot of those orgies and whatnot. But the daughter was on the innocent side. So, that's the story of 
Caligula could be a better guy. Certainly seemed like a lot better than he ended out to be. Yeah. Sort of like a careful what you wish for type situation. Yep. They got rid of one lazy guy and they got somebody that did a lot of stuff but was a terrible person. Yeah, no kidding. So out of all of the crazy stuff he instated, what do you think was the craziest? The craziest? I was probably pulling back all the boats from the conquering and just you know, riding across the river because, like you said, huge waste of resources and everything. Otherwise, the torture, uh, the random torture, uh, treason, uh, act. Yeah, I I almost would say that that Bali River thing might have been the craziest, but I don't know. There was a lot in there that was just straight up crazy. Like, yeah. out of just straight out of nowhere being suddenly better and then making everybody that said they would give their lives in exchange, making them commit suicide. Yeah. That's that's sort of insane. Yep. No, I agree. And I don't even know how different women dressed from men back in those Roman times, but he was a transvestite of sorts. He would also have all these dinner parties and orgies on a regular basis. So definitely the sexual fiend that he is. But I don't know. What Would you say you'd be okay with somebody who is fixing the country but doing all these terrible things to random people? No, not really. I, I wouldn't be i would hope for the best of both worlds you know fix the country and be decent to the people yeah yeah would you rather have a kind leader who was letting the country fall apart or a cruel leader that is making the country better or it's like you have to have one or the other i would prefer kind so i don't die but at the same time like if the country's falling apart and you're being invaded you might die anyway so it's kind of a tosser exactly yeah it's just like well he's he's fixing the country but he's he's killing people on purpose i mean the last guy kind of did that in a little bit but he also wasn't fixing the country so, I don't know, is this better? Hard to tell. It's just like he keeps on threatening all these senators all throughout his entire reign and the crazy outbursts about how he could just kill everybody in the room. That, that kind of would throw me off a lot. Where it's just... Like, it could be in the middle of something and his zone out is that everybody is about to get killed. Uh, that's a weird concept to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. don't know. Like, you can understand why he went down that kind of path with, like, essentially his early introduction into the political structure of things was 
orgies, torture, and unnecessary slaughter. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. So, yeah, like the dots are there. You can connect them, but it still doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't at all. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, and you don't know, and we don't know. But with that, should we end the podcast? Yeah, why don't you take us out, Adi? All right. So if you guys want to contact us at all, you can email us at violinvice at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast. That's A-N-D, no ampersands here. You can also follow us on Twitter at violinvice. And if you want to go above and beyond, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash violinvice. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. And we'd really appreciate it. Also, if you guys could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, give us, give us five stars and hit that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate it. And you'd be entered into a contest for free merch. So that would be really fun. Yeah, get the sweatshirt. Get the sweatshirt. Yeah. So with that, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. And bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you. <laughs>